0: Welcome back to the Wolf of Queen Street podcast series. Welcome back to the audio podcast or the video series if you join us today. Before we get going, I just want to announce my sponsor for the show, which is Six, figures, six Figure Secrets. This is a team of guys and girls that help businesses grow to the six or seven figures of a certain period of time. There are people that have taken actual experience, not just by reading books mm-hmm. and implemented it across your business, through social media, and anything you're trying to achieve currently up your games to the next level they are no bullshit team that's, that will tell you straight how to do it right and not how to do it wrong there are six figure secrets and this sounds like something that resonates with yourself go and see them at sixfiguresecrets.co but today i'm joined by robbie d'angelo someone that is a best-selling author, author human optimization expert and someone that has been fighting through most of his life with obesity having to lose over 100 pounds, and have been able to, for the last 10 years, keep that weight off, been able to improve himself and tell others how to improve themselves, and create miracles in individuals that are motivated. Robbie, welcome to the show.
1: Man, thank you so much for having me on the day. I am excited to be here.
0: That's great. Thank you so much, Robbie, for coming on the show. I must say one thing I, I do love Um, about uh, Robbie's social media and his presence. If anyone is a big fan of Instagram, as most of us are, and trying to learn some tips and tricks, your social media platform, man, is on fire. I love your content that you're producing at the moment. It is refreshing to see something different.
1: Yeah, man. It's just what I try to do is I try to take my own crap in my life and then the (laughs) things that I work with with my clients and then translate it to teachable material that I hope can help other people and that's really my content strategy is let me just try to help other people do the crap that I'm
0: going through. And it's kind of, it definitely comes across really nice. It's real pleasant to go in there and see the content. And it's easily consumable as well. Uh, um, Robbie at the moment is doing a sort of, I think you're on your fifth or sixth part of a, a video series that's on Instagram at the moment and taking the the listeners through each day and each new mindset to go through and challenges that you have to overcome. And it's uh, and a it's, it's great the quality of the insights in there are just, there's so many bombs everywhere for everyone that's listening. Now, obviously you call yourself a human optimization expert. Now, this is a term that is used not as common, but is definitely out in the open marketplace. I would love for you to explain to my listeners, what do you perceive as that, what that actually is and how you implement that across your customers.
1: Right. So I came with that term, like I was trying to figure out how to actually talk about what I do for a living. Because when I first started working with people, like a lot of trainers out there, I was doing diet, exercise and working on the physical self. But I know from my own journey of losing 115 pounds, that the physical side was like 20% of the battle. Mm -hmm. For me, it was more about the mental fitness journey that I had to go on. And that's where I really started seeing my own life transform. So when I talk about human optimization, it's really, for me, it's a three-pronged approach of mind, body, and soul. And when you have all three of those components working together, that's where you're going to see true optimization. Because if you're just focused in on one or the other, then the other two are lacking. And it's almost like you're trying to go through life pulling anchor behind you. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's, let's take the brakes off our lives. Let's get rid of the anchor and let's charge full speed ahead and actually go after our human potential. And the way we're going to do that is a holistic optimization approach.
0: It's great to, you know, what you explained there through that true optimization is achieved through mind, body, and soul. Not just one, not just both, but it requires all three areas for you to achieve what you're trying to go through. And I can imagine at the moment, um, obviously a lot of customers or people coming across to you. Um, have the challenges so like you said in your experience of losing all that weight you know 115 pounds is a lot of weight to lose um, it's not just in the gym now I remember you know years and years ago when I took my gym in seriously they always said to you you know six packs not made in the gym a six packs made in the kitchen and right. to anyone that didn't understand the co- the concept or anyone that were looking goes but hold on I go to the gym to work my ass off to burn weight and you know to do everything else why would I not be making a six pack in the in the gym But it's sort of that understanding that there's more layers to that onion than just the gym itself, that you've got to come, you know, the kitchen being your diet program and your mentor side of it and the rest and everything else is actually more important than actually doing the weights. Because you can go work out four hours a day and if you're getting four hours sleep and you're eating, you know, uh, Snickers bars, it ain't going to do shit for your body.
1: Right. I, I tell my clients all the time, like, Hey, look, I don't care how hard you work. You cannot outwork a bad diet. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like there's actually been like some studies and influencers, they'll try to actually outwork a bad diet and it's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And one of my big things that I, I harp on with people is your mental diet. So a lot of people focus on their physical diet of what they're eating, the physical foods they're eating, but a lot of people don't really think about their mental diet What are you consuming in your eyes and in your ears? How positive is that? How negative is that? And that's got just as much as not more implication on your long-term health than your physical diet.
0: I love that as well because everything we do these days is consumed through the eyes and ears. Everything we run on our cell phones, everything we see in society, especially the time of the world we are in at the moment, everything we have taken in is either really negative or it's really really – sort of I'm unsure we're sitting in we're sitting in time and our lives where we're not sure everything that's coming to us whether it's right or wrong we're not sure if the content is correct or not so there's a lot of uncertainty with taking it in so you as a human you know if you watch the news every single day for the last month or two months no matter where you're in the world you walk away from it no matter which way on the spectrum on the left or the right hand side and you go fuck, I have no idea what actually is going on, right? I have no idea what's happening in my life. I have no idea what's happening in anyone else's life. So that all of a sudden gets that sort of 5 or 10% edge comes off because mentally you're not being able to think through clearly because you keep on going, okay, what's happening? Yeah, how do I do this? How do that situation? So it would be interesting to see at the moment is through the people that's around you is how you are you getting them to have clarity in those situations where there's so much noise? Um, as in, the, in our common lives.
1: Right. I mean, if you get on social media, if you pay attention to news, like you're just bombarded with negative information right now. But if we really step back and think about it, a lot of that information is outside of our control. Like we can't do yeah. anything about it. We can't do anything about the government regulations. We can't do anything about, you know, what they're telling us we should and shouldn't do. We can't do a lot about that. But what I try to get my clients and people that I'm own influence with Is focus on the things you can control. Focus on your daily routine. Focus on your exercise, your mental and physical diet. There's so many things you can focus on that you're just not because you're so focused on what you shouldn't be paying attention to. Like, look, it's going to happen. Things are going to be negative in your life. Bad things are going to happen. That's just a part of life. Life is pain, life is suffering. But it's really kind of stepping back and focusing on what you can control. And let's just go all in on what you can control. Um, I had a mentor very early on tell me the, you know, when it was during the financial crisis, Mm -hmm. he's like, look, you can't control the world financial market. You can't control your state's economy. You can't control your local economy, but you can control your personal economy. And I kind of take that philosophy to everything else I do and just really focus on that locus of control.
0: Did you say Lotus of control?
1: Locus of control, that's kind Locus. of the psychological term for the things you can and can't control.
0: Okay, great. like the term. So um, definitely not something I've heard common um, coming in. It. But it is true. Like you said, there's certain things you can control and certain things you can't. And it's whether you you spend that energy in the stuff you can't control. And that's where a lot of people get lost and go down that, 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 that dark tunnel of focusing all their energy in that situation, going, oh, this is bullshit. We need to change it. We need to go and do something about it. And fundamentally, right. even if you have one, a 1,000 or 10,000 people in the same sense of trying to make that change, it ain't going to be achieved. Now, not saying that you can't do a revolution or can't change, so saying you can't implement change, but it, uh, that's different in the sense of you mentally going in and going, I want this to change. I want this negativity to move out. But it is sometimes quite hard for people just to cut it off. I know from a, a lot of people I talk to is they'll have this negative stuff coming in and they're like, Lawrence, what do I do, my social media is so negative. Do I just switch it off? You know, or on the news it's so negative and I'm not trying to pay it attention, but it's still naturally saturated into my life is what sort of tips would you give to them? That those people that don't have the light switch mentality. They'd say that they kind of just got, okay, cool. I'm going to switch it off. I don't care. I'm going to block it out. Uh, the people that are still so softer, in tone that it naturally comes into them and they get affected by it.
1: Right. Well, when you look at the science and the psychology of negativeness, um, negativity is seven to 10 times stronger than positivity. Mm -hmm. So like if you hear something negative in your life, you would then have to listen to seven to 10 times the positivity just to overweigh that negativity. Mm -hmm. So what I try to get people to do is change their perspective of it and change the way they hear it where, there is a lot of negativity out there right now. There's a lot of people being being very boisterous in their negativity, but there also, if you change your perspective, is an opportunity. There's your chance to be a light in a dark place and to help change people and help say, hey, look, I know this is going on, but what can I help you with? Like, is there a way that I can help you through this situation? Send them something positive. Like, there's so much opportunity right now to create change and be the light for people and what a lot of people don't realize is how little inspiration it takes to actually affect change in someone
0: else. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, just think in a situation if you're doing something different for the first time and one person comes up to you and says, hey, you're doing an amazing job, or that what you just did was pretty awesome, or you know, you inspired me, one person says something positive. Man, you can run on that for a week or a month just from being inspired. With not, especially when it's unexpected. If you go in and, and you're training or you're working really hard in your, on your business or just in life, you're trying to implement new guidelines and rule sets and a friend or a colleague comes over and says, you're doing an amazing job, keep at it. That that just will, will bounce someone up to the next level and you're going, shit. And then, <laughs> and then you get that whole mentality of, I want to chase that because it becomes a little bit addictive of, that, sort of, of positive, that positive reinforcement. And that's where sort of really top end of entrepreneurs or successful business owners or sports stars they chase that positive reinforcement not the negative reinforcement i mean anyone at the moment um, that's a big netflix fan and a big michael jordan fan is obviously watching the last dance it's one of the best programs at the moment on netflix and to anyone that hasn't watched it whether you're an mj fan but, uh, but if you are a sports fan and understanding the mentality of a mind and the power of it, you've got to watch it. Because this guy showed what it took to continuously focus on being the best. And sometimes it meant pissing off the rest. Um, but uh, but at the end of it, it all made sense. And um, I'd love to understand, uh, Robbie, what your thoughts were on the last uh, dance so far. I think not, not all the episode's out, but it's pretty cool.
1: You know, I I love it. I started reading, um, I actually read Tim Grover's book, Relentless, about a year and a half ago. And Tim Grover was kind of the coach behind Michael Jordan, behind the scenes kind of guy. And he just, he went into that book, he started talking about the mindset of Michael Jordan and just the way that he was relentless in his pursuit of excellence. And I love seeing that because a lot of people, they see the greatness, but they don't know what it took to get there, you know, that, we, we in our society, we're immediate gratification society. And we're always comparing ourselves to guys like MJ or guys that are kicking butt in business. We're comparing ourselves to those guys, but we don't see the years and yeah. years and the struggles and the battles it takes to get there. And it's seeing that level is just, it's incredible to watch because you're like, man, he's the best for a reason. Like yeah. he's the greatest of all time because he put in the work. Day after day, and he was unrelenting in his pursuit of being the best. And I, I too, I, I knew he was competitive. This series is showing me just how damn competitive he really is. And I, I, it's, it's incredible to watch.
0: There was some there was some interesting points in the latest couple of episodes that's released um, over here in New Zealand. I think it's episode seven or eight or so forth. Um, and it was there was two parts. It was obviously the, the moment he left basketball in '93, and he went and took on the baseball run toward the end of '95. And even everyone in the baseball, as much as you know, he went into double ace, hit over 200, and everyone turned around and said, "Look here, yeah, if you got a thousand more bats and like two more years, he would be in the majors." just because of his work, work ethic and how they said that every morning before, uh, before batting practice, he would get in the cage, spend a couple mm-hmm. hours, they would have team batting practice, run the whole day, and at night, he would do the same. But obviously, at the end of that 15 months, he made a decision to come back and to go into basketball. They went into the, the, the playoff rounds. They got knocked out by the Magic. And he just wasn't at the best of his game. And it was interesting because they said, you know, that's the end of the season most of the guys take a bit of time off. I don't know the exact amount of months of between the end of the season and the start of the next season. Most guys take the, the next few months off and then they get prepped for preseason. And obviously, with, I think it's his coach, that's Grover, um, said that MJ, at the, at the end of that game when they got knocked out, said to him, I'll see you tomorrow. And the exact next day of the end of the season, he was like, okay, I'm going to make sure for next season I'm going to be in the best state I can be possibly for my body. And he never took any time off. He just went straight into it two hours, four hours a day till the season started. And that's what kickstarted the, the second three um through was it 96, 97, 98. Right. And, yeah. Uh, I
1: mean, when you look at guys, like another guy comes to mind is um, Ray Lewis, who mm-hmm. was one of the greatest football linebackers, American football yeah. linebackers of all time. <clears throat> during the offseason, like no one ever knew this until he actually like released this information years later. He was working out three times a day during the offseason. He would literally wake up, eat, work out, sleep, eat, work out, sleep three times a day. And it's like that level of commitment to your craft is you, you start to see why these guys are great
0: yeah and then and you wonder and then you can see why other guys that think they just do a little bit in life and they want to achieve their success right and that's as you said a couple of minutes earlier we want gratification immediately we want success immediately mate it doesn't happen immediately even if you win the lotto that shit falls away like 12 months later because you've blown all the money we've got to give it time i talking a little bit uh about business in the sense of if you think what from we spoke earlier about investments or business, Warren Buffett, one of the most successful you know business people, investors in the world. And they always they always say to me, you know, why everything that you say and tell people works. You know, if 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 everyone follows your your guidance and that sort of stuff, people will make money over time. And I said, why don't people do it? And he goes, because people don't want to be rich slowly. It's the same as people don't want to be successful slowly. Right? But I always talked about it, and I've spoken to a lot of people saying, as an 18-year-old, you never want to listen to anyone anyone has to say. So you want to go do your own route, and you want to be like, cool, I'm going to, I'm going to hustle. By 18, by 21, I'm not going to be successful. But if you tell a 28-year-old that if, hey, if you focus between 18 to 28 and give you 10 years, and 10 years of hard focus at 28, you'll be totally successful, that you, the rest of your life is sorted, would you take it? And any 28-year-old go, oh, yes, I'll take it. Right. But the 18-year-old would never take it and say, I'm not going to give you 10 years of my life to do that. And that's a perspective and having to um, try and instill in our community, our tribes and our societies that we live in that. That's just not instant. That's just not six months. It's not 12 months. That is years and years of focus and dedication. And then you get to a certain point that your greatness level it's, is just achieved so much higher and you can go on from there.
1: Right. I mean, it, it's, I've literally been in this game for 14 years now. Um, and when you look at the science of it, delayed gratification is one of the top indicators for how successful you'll be. Lawrence, have you ever heard of the marshmallow test? No. <laughs> this is great, man. You're gonna love this. <clears throat> so marshmallow test was actually a psychological experiment they did out in California yeah. where they would bring kids into a room and this was a long-term study but when they, they would bring kids into a room when they're very young, they would put a marshmallow on the table and said, if you don't eat that marshmallow, when I get back, I'll bring you another one. So you'll have two. Yeah. Was, and yeah. of course, like they weren't going to bring another marshmallow, but they wanted to see just how long these kids would wait for that second marshmallow. And what they found through the long-term study, it's a really cool study. Like the, these kids were even like playing games and singing songs. So they wouldn't think about the marshmallow, <laughs> but Over the long-term study, what they found, the kids that waited the longest for that second marshmallow over the next 20, 30 years were the most successful, had the best relationships. Just over long-term success, they were the highest because they were able to delay that gratification.
0: Yeah, um, now that you explain it, I have watched it. and. It's an always I've, I think there's a few of them floating around and it's a it's a funny watch to watch to anyone that's going in there. It's an interesting one because you see this kid sitting there talking at that marshmallow going, don't eat it, don't eat it. No, right? don't. no, don't and then there's some of the kids like rocking, um, doesn't know what to do. And uh, I think there was one that was like sitting there looking away, like, don't look at it. If you don't look at it, you don't know it's there. Yeah, but there's one much, kid like sitting in the corner singing songs. <laughs> but as much as, you know, it seems funny, that is actual real world. That is a lot yes. of what adults do as well. You know, so a lot of adults sit there and go, ooh, should, should I buy that new car? Should I, should, should I spend that exceptionally high amount of money and buy a new car? Um, you know, and everyone's like, no, no, no. And then the other guy in the corner goes, I'm not going to buy that new car because I can use that money somewhere else or I can right. use that focus somewhere else. And um, I've always had that sort of mentality as much as I can. I can't stomach going out and throwing money at a car because I'm just like, Oh, as soon as I drive it away, the depreciation on that is just ridiculous. I'd right. rather take that. I'd rather take that money and put it where it can work for me within a business or an investment worth in life itself, where it's actually beneficial to me compared to a car that in three years time or four years time, you're going to have to sell it anyway because you either put too many miles on it or it's just not what you want anymore.
1: Right. And I tell a lot of my clients um, a phrase that I use a lot with them, especially when I'm creating change. Um, mm-hmm. When they're, they come to me and they want to close that gap between where they're at and where they want to be, a phrase I have to tell them a lot is, look, it takes just as long to walk out of the woods as it took to walk in. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't gain this weight overnight. You're not going to lose it overnight. You didn't get you know, in this negative thinking, the stinking thinking like this, just didn't happen overnight. You didn't wake up negative. Like this is years and years of a repeating story that we now have to work with discipline Mm -hmm. to get you out of, to start writing a new story. And you just, you've got to trust the process and you've got to have discipline take over where motivation lacks and just be dedicated to that end result.
0: Yeah, totally. I'm one of those people, unfortunately. Um, the uh, lockdown has not treated me as well. It's a uh, too many <laughs> beers and uh, chips and, and so forth, and had the the luxury of jumping on a scale a few days ago and realizing that I'm at the heaviest weight I've ever been in my life, which Uh-oh. is not a massive amount of weight for 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 people. There's people out there that unfortunately, due to situations, but uh, for me personally, I'm at the the highest the highest state I've ever been. But it's, a, it's an interesting time because talking to a lot of people, it's the same dilemma. In New Zealand, we have just coming out of our lockdown. Uh, in a, we're, while we're recording this at this time, and we're a few days away from going into our level two. But for the last six uh, six weeks, everyone has been locked at home. So unless you're really motivated to get up every day in your own in society, your own environment and actually train, most of it's been get up, work, have your, you know, the bone flows over at like two o'clock already, have the first beer, um, and then just relax and chill and do nothing, right? And watch Netflix and that stuff. So a lot of people I know have come out of the situation, not in a necessarily better situation, but definitely five, ten kgs, you know, twenty pounds heavier than they went into it. And now it's like, oh god, now I've got to f- kickstart that whole thing again and get back into the th- to the normal world. I can imagine you seeing it not as intense on your side, Robbie. I know, depending on where you're based um, across the states, some of it's more lockdown than others, but the you guys have a lot more freedom to move around, um, around training and so forth.
1: Yeah, we've been locked down now for about eight weeks. This is actually, so today's Tuesday here in the States. And Mm -hmm. yesterday was the first day that where I'm at, they're allowing gyms to open at like 30% capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, so they're just now kind of easing those restrictions, but it's been two months. And what we've had to do with a lot of people is just try to do as much virtually as we can um a lot of like i mean this is really just everybody but a lot of accountability um that's the biggest thing that i've tried to do do with my clients is i'm probably holding them more accountable than i ever have just because i know they have a lot more free time and idle hands um to to make bad decisions so i'm trying to stay on top of them more than ever but yeah man it's been eight weeks here and i know that the covid 15 as it's being called is happening a lot right now
0: (laughs) um so yeah so the last thing to get in um today before we end off the show is as you spoke about more virtual in your world at the moment of inspiring coaching and helping businesses what's your perception and understanding of how we're going to go virtually you know it's a big thing at the moment everything we're doing is the way we are doing it right now do you think in your business way that is the direction it's going to take over the next couple of years and people have realized even personal trainers coaches motivators going i don't have to be face-to-face anymore to achieve it i can do it virtually and therefore my business is going to pivot um, and the focus is going to change a little bit
1: yeah i know in, in my business like look i'm a i'm a face-to-face in person kind of guy i i love that energy transfer of in person but i've seen it kind of happen in the states right now even businesses before COVID happened we're going to more remote work because it, it saves them money and they're actually finding that people are more productive that way, not necessarily in the quality of work they're putting out, but the quality
0: yeah.
1: of work they're putting out. So I think that happening even before COVID starting now COVID and it's making people work remote even more. I think you're going to see this trend. And I think what you're going to see a lot more of coming up just to really get into it for business is a lot more automation, Mm -hmm. a lot more virtually, um, just a lot more done through computers um, to kind of take some of the human aspect out of it. And I think now what we're going to see is we're going to see people, humans have to get really, really creative in how they bring value to the market. I mean, you can't just get by, you know, just showing up in a nine to five anymore. Like you've actually got to start bringing value and becoming like the best version of yourself or you're going to get left behind. It's, it's sad, but at the same time, if your perspective is right, once again, it is a challenge to then become better and say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to get left behind. What can I do to become so damn valuable that every company out there is going to want me? Every company out there is going to have to have me and I'm not going to get left behind.
0: Yeah, I love that. There was a report that they said, you know, the technology from 2025 has just been put into 2020. Just because of what we've gone through, everything's had to move five years quicker to realize and implement and put into place. You know, we are recording across Zoom now. I think Zoom shares and stocks and every other virtual um, streaming services just went through the roof because of that situation. But that's been, you know, been ready for when the right situation comes in. Being, I always remember as a kid, my parents always telling me, you know, you get the brand of Ever Ready batteries. And my old man, because I used to be uh, in my sport, used to play rugby, used to play baseball as my two main sports, played at national level, uh, close to national level for both. And they'd always say to me, always be ever ready, always be on peak state, because if the one opportunity comes in and you're not ready for it, um, you're going to lose that opportunity because the the knock on the door is not going to come twice. Right. You got to stay ready. You got to stay ready. And I think that's something we've got to take a look at, at in the current state of what you're trying to achieve and go to is work as hard as you can be as well prepared as you can. So that if something does creak open, you can take it and not give it to someone else.
1: And I think too, we, we have to, um, if you'd like look at Darwinianism, hmm. it wasn't th- the survival of the fittest. It was the survival of the species. It was a, their ability to change and adapt yep. to change. That's the species that survived. And I think that's the pace of society right now is, We have to be able to stop, adjust, and change in a moment's notice to keep going forward. I think we have to be a lot more versatile in this economy, in this world right now. And we can't get stuck in our old ways. Like, that's just one thing that's not going to happen anymore. You've got to be able to adjust on a dime and
0: keep moving at that same pace. Yeah, totally agree with that. Uh, before we, uh, Robbie, end off the show today, is there anything you want to leave our listeners with, any sort of insight and tips into the next few days or next few weeks for them to think about?
1: Yeah, guys, um, you know, my, my slogan's kind of be the hero. And I, I try to preach that to as many people as possible. And what I mean by that is you've got to be the hero of your own life, guys. It, the world's crazy. Um, we're going through a lot of just negativity right now. But that also is your opportunity. That's your chance to really take this from a growth standpoint, a growth mindset to rise to the occasion and rise to be the hero that you were destined to be. And it's just it's such an opportunity right now. I know that a lot of people don't look at it like that, but I think what this is doing is this is a separation time in the world and it's creating a separation where it's opening doors and allowing the people that wanna go out there and make something of their lives and really wanna take their lives to the next level now is your opportunity. It's your opportunity to go out there and reach your human potential and really just be the hero you're destined to be.
0: Oh, I love that, Robbie. Um, that's a um, great insight to end it off. And as always, can you let our listeners know where they can find you, social media, your handles?
1: Right. I'm just at Robbie D'Angelo on all the socials. Um, I'm probably on Instagram and Facebook the most. i trying to get better at YouTube. Also got a podcast called The Biohacked Life. Um, but yeah, guys, just reach out to me on social media. I'd love to connect
0: with you. Oh, it's great. Thanks, uh, Robbie, for your insights and tips. And as always, your handles and your details will be on the notes that get shared out once the podcast comes out. And as uh, Robbie has said um, today, be the hero. Be the hero in your life, not someone else's life, not in someone else's journey, but in what you are trying to achieve between yourself and likely within your own family and your network. Let's be strong, let's inspire, let's change people's lives through improving ourselves. But at the end of the day, as I always said, be powerful, be beautiful and look after each other and next till next time see ya.